What's up, y'all? Welcome to Eddie and Mike. It's me, Mike, and I'm here with my guy. Eddie P. Um, and we're, bruh, I know we haven't been recording a lot, and our apologies for that. Like I said, like, we grinded. Eventually, we're going to hit our groove again, and yeah, until then, uh, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, the Washington Commanders are like hot right now. I can officially say they're hot. Winners of what? Four of the last five games? A little bit, yeah. Yes, sir. Um, it's it's amazing. It's amazing how uh, Ron Rivera like, okay, since we last been with y'all, let's just go over the teams that they beat. <clears throat> Starting with Matter of fact, I'll go all the way back to the Bears game because we have to recap all the way back from there because I think that's where the season turned. The Wentz injury turned the season. And if y'all remember in that Bears game, the offense was like dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like dead. So um, we beat the Bears, and that starts the streak. Um, after we beat the Bears... We played the Eagles. No, we beat a team before the Eagles. Packers? Yes, we played the Packers. So it was the Bears, Packers, then Eagles. If the Wentz injury was the turning point of the season, the Eagles won. Sprinkled in there somewhere. Yeah, the um, Vikings loss was before the Eagles game. Um, The team beating the Eagles or the commanders beating the Eagles I think that was the second turning point of the season. Now, after that, it's all about Haneke right now. Like, we have to start off with him first. And um, I've been talking a lot. So what are your thoughts about Haneke, man? Well, he's not on the same level as Tom Brady at all. And I understand why, like, I'm starting off by mentioning Tom Brady in regards to Taylor Heineke. But way back when we first started our show, Brady was new to the uh, Buccaneers of Tampa Bay. I maintain this notion that as good as Brady was, like, actually at playing football, that it was sort of that, uh, that, that, that it quality that made other guys want to gravitate one other guys wanting to get on the same team with him, you know, whether it's Fournette or Brown, what have you, that, that part hasn't happened yet with Heineke and who knows if it will, but just sort of that you want to play hard for this guy. You want to, you know, you know, he's going to give it his all. So if maybe you give it your all, that could be a winning recipe. So I think that's essentially it in a nutshell, guys like Heineke, He's willing to, you know, he can scramble. He's elusive. I will say that I, I really think we need to, and, and I don't have all the answers, but sometimes our play calling is predictable and it doesn't play to his strengths. We have to kind of come up with some sort of modern college style offense, if that makes sense. A lot of like read option, you know, read pass option, that kind of stuff, you know, little short passes, get the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, Cause our O-line as much as I love him, is not great, but yeah, I mean, 
what's not to like? You know, he's got the shoe thing going. So oh yeah, that um that's a hard the, guy, I, the, the guys play harder for him than they do for Wentz. I understand that everything Heineke can do, Wentz can do better, but there's something about the way the team plays for each one of these guys. You know, I, I wanted Wentz to work out, but it it hadn't been working out. You can't help but to not like the Bama. Like he the word infectious. I've heard it so much concerning him he's he really is that dude um the only time i like really played football consistency consistently um it wasn't even real organized football it was football with my um friends and family after church on friday nights and i know i know that sounds weird and y'all probably like what kind of football are you talking about (laughs) Um, it was really intense football games. Um, like, even though I was playing in them, I, I just like watching everybody go at each other. Um, from my man Travis going at Antoine and Sam and my man Derek and, um, Kaven was quarterback and Lynn was quarterback. Um, I say all that because, Every time, some every time the teams that we played against or that I was on, every time we had a certain quarterback um, play with us, things just went so much better. Is exactly what's happening with the Commanders. My man Sam, he was the only person that knew how to throw the ball to the exact spot. Well, not the exact spot, but in the area where I can moss bamas. Like, I'm I'm really tall. Like, I'm, like, I barely had to jump, even though I still got up a little bit. Like, no hate on me. But I barely had to jump to get up. Um, he was the only one that realized, like, just put it in the air, in his area. Don't throw it to, don't throw it low. Just make sure it's high in the area. And I say that because it seems like Heineke is the only quarterback that seems to realize, shoot, I need to get Terry the ball. I need to get McLaurin the ball. And he's so he's so focused on it that the man started selling shirts on the Eddie. Yeah, yeah, I seen it. <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing you are. Like that that's almost a must must have. Uh for those of you who don't know, it's a uh sort of comic cartoon style. Uh Heineke in mid throw with his arm kind of in some sort of awkward sidearm motion (laughs) with the little word uh, bubble thing saying F it Terry down there somewhere, Um, which I mean, to a degree that that's it. And I think you got to like that to a certain point. Uh, He's mentioned, you know, the number four and being like a big Brett Favre fan. And he very much takes those same chances that Brett Favre likes to take doesn't necessarily have the arm by any stretch that Brett Favre had to do that. But I I think the guys like that, that he's willing to take a chance. You know, I've mentioned that Wentz certainly has the arm, Mm -hmm. but he needs to either wait too long to throw Mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean? And and I think some of that kind of bums out the receivers because it's obviously a timing thing, you know, being open is, is only for like a second or a few, you know, very rarely are you like, open and you stay open so i don't know if that makes sense but, <laughs> no, i get what you're saying 
But so, yeah, I, I think all of those things are why people like Heineke. They know like he's not going to go down easy. He's going to try to spin around. Um, so, you know, what's not to like there? I think for looking ahead for a second, a quick second, I think next year our best bet would be to restructure Lentz, bring that Bama back, re-sign Heineke, and continue to develop how. Like, do not bring in another quarterback next season. I know your job probably on the line or whatever, but no, do not bring in another quarterback. Not My even apologies. by draft. None. Like, what if, what if, let's say, a solid guy drops to, like, fourth, fifth round type thing? I mean, that just happened with how. I hear you. I hear you. So I'm, that's why I'm saying, just like, asking a question, man. Don't if I would, man, shut up. If I was, um, if I was the owner, the like the new owner, like as soon as I buy the team, hopefully before March, and free agency, I'm going over there and like, look, this is your last season to show me that you even deserve the next season. If you like, don't draft a quarterback. You have to do something with those three. Like, those the three you're going to have to ride or die with. Now, this could be coming off a playoff season. And I'll say, like, you've proven that you can make the playoffs with these quarterbacks. Like, don't mess up the don't mess up the, um, the continuity of the team. And, and the next season, it should be an open quarterback competition. Let the best person win between Sam Howell, Heineke, and Wentz. We're at that point right now. I mean, I, I feel like we'll be at that point in the, the next offseason. Yeah, I totally agree with all of that. I still think, you know, again, very hypothetical, but with the draft scenario I mentioned. Moving on, um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't hurt either that Heineke knows the playbook better than exactly. any quarterbacks. So I think that's a big reason. Um, and that's why I'm saying, like, let them. And for the reason that I, I just – I don't understand, too. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place here. But for those who don't know, Carson Wentz um, has been designated to return from IR, which obviously sparks the conversation. Who should be, you know, does he get to start when he comes mm. back? I mean, the obvious answer is no. Uh, Heineke is playing well. You ride the hot hand. Uh, I, I just don't know why on earth you would do that. Like I just mentioned, he knows the playbook better than any of those guys. He's willing to take chances. The guys like him. The team plays better for him. So um, having said that, we got a decent schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, still play the Cowboys, but Falcons are a beatable team. Not looking past them. Uh, very happy. Uh, we haven't even really talked about it. We've talked about Heineke so much. Very, very happy uh, personally uh, that we passed the uh, – what I'll call trap game test, uh, if you will. Kind oh, of yeah. say since we're not like a good – I'm not saying we're a bad team, but we are not, you know, the Eagles who we just beat. We're, we're not one of those teams that are expected to potentially go to the Super Bowl. But we did just come off a big win against the Eagles, and the Texans are one of the worst teams in the NFL. And so – we're expected to go in there and kind of pound the ball, run all over them and win. But, you know, most of us sensible people are like, oh, you know, here comes a loss. So I was very happy uh, that we kind of, you know, made some plays, 
Uh, Heineke spread the ball around, which I, I, another thing I think guys like about him, he doesn't just go to one guy. So very happy with that. Um, but we got another one coming up in Atlanta. So thoughts yeah. on the Texas game, thoughts on Atlanta going up, coming up. Um, as far as the Texas game, I it would have sucked if we lost. Of course. I think I even picked us to win like 23 to 20. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like, every, I mean, you tell me. You didn't kind of expect like, but like, all right, maybe not expect, but you would not be surprised if we had lost that game, right? No, just based on our like history and tradition. Exactly. And stuff, that's that's, that's kind of surprised. where I'm trying to come from here. I'm trying to say like, that's us in a nutshell. We'll play tough you know, against a New England or whatever the good team is that year. We'll give them a run. We might beat them. And then the next week we play quote unquote scrub cakewalk and we just S the bed. So uh, uh, continue, sir. I'm not, I'm not going to um, forget about the defense. Y'all know the, y'all know I'm I mean, not going to forget. <laughs> I'm not going to forget about the defense. I'm just, I want to get the offense out of the way because I'm going ham when we talk about the defense. So I'm trying to just, you know, and plus the offense is the unit that concerns me the most. So that Texans game was hard for me to stomach because I, I, I can see the offense, like, struggling alone. And Heineke even admitted during the game, and I listened to his mic up, um, during the game that he had a bad game, that it wasn't a good game for him. And we all agree, even though we won. So two things about that um, Texans game. One, somebody, it was maybe calm, somebody um, mentioned that maybe they were hiding stuff in that Texans game. Maybe they didn't run certain plays or packages because they had the game in hand. It's possible. Um, and two, the defense. Yeah, they only allowed five yards in the first half. Oh, dude, yeah. I, what, what was Mills passing yard? Like negative something or whatever? Oh, man. No, it was negative rushing and then like only like, like you said, like five passing yards or something. Because he that, kept sacked, the, all the, the penalties. So. Yeah, because it was 20, it was 20 nothing at halftime. Like we was crashing them. Um, they ended up winning 23 10. But I'm just saying, like, the defense. Is so amazing to watch right now. And I just really find it hard to believe that the reason the um, the defense was struggling so much was because of um, Sam Mills III, the defense, uh, old defensive line coach, and William Jackson, coincidentally the third. <laughs> you get rid of the thirds and the whole defense starts cooking. I see. I wanted to mention that, like how how good has the secondary been playing now that he's gone? And I Bruh. don't make it like he was the problem, but it obviously wasn't working. Bruh, bruh, the secondary. I'm glad you said them first. Bruh, I read that play. Bruh, I listen, y'all. 
Dark Force and Cam Curl are still one and two in PFF safety rankings. Like, it's amazing what a defense can do when you have two safeties that can ball out the way they've been balling out. Like, the interceptions that um, Forrest had, please don't say I'm being blasphemous. Please don't say I'm being blasphemous because I actually seen the man play in college and NFL. But those those two interceptions were definitely Sean Taylor-like interceptions. Especially the second one. And the first one, matter of fact. The one against the Eagles with A.J. Brown. We seen plays where Sean Taylor went up with a receiver and took the ball out of their hand for interception. We seen him jump with Moss. I'm not saying Forrest could do that. I'm just saying the play was Taylor-like. And then the second interception versus the Texans, the man flew across the field, caught the ball, and had the wherewithal to get his shoulder on the ground to make sure he um, had possession. Like, just two amazing interceptions that make me believe Washington has finally found their free safety. I ain't saying he perfect. Because they still give they they gave up a couple of deep passes, but it's amazing what the defense can do when the secondary is playing like that. And I ain't even talking about the corners. Yeah, I mean, I was extremely happy just for the fact that like Forrest has kind of been quietly making plays for us all season. All Sean season. Taylor thing, the Sean Taylor thing. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far. I mean, I understand what you're saying, especially the Texans pick when you factor in that, that he essentially he earned that interception via hustle. So I, that I, that's kind of what I was happy about is that that's a guy that makes plays and he makes plays because he's doing the right thing and because he's hustling. And so, you know, in, in a similar facet where I said with Heineken, you know, what's not to like there? Uh, in regards to Taylor, like he obviously don't have the frame Mm-hmm. Uh, that Sean Taylor has, but uh, yeah, that sideline, uh, sideline to sideline pick uh, against Houston was definitely nice, and again, uh, very happy for him. Uh, and you know, what's um, good him is good for the team, good for the fans. So I'm just excited because we haven't had a free safety like that since Sean Taylor. <laughs> like that's just. Well, the- and I understand. I understand that, and 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 I get it. I wasn't trying to give you grief on the comp, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it, it was great. Uh, I mean, you know, right off the bat, Fuller getting the pick six. It was just kind of nice to see us kind of dominate. And and what I would also kind of mention, piggybacking off of what you said, you know, we got rid of our D-line coach. We got uh, we traded William Jackson the third. You know, a lot of people were kind of like, oh, what are we going to look like? Because uh, uh, who who we let go? Uh, Settle, Ionitis you know, letting those guys go in free agency. And, and hey, neither one of us were happy about it, but that whole trust the, the process mantra kind of comes into play. And furthermore, I do still think the play calling, as I mentioned earlier, needs to continue to be developed and brought along. But I'll give Scott Turner a little bit of credit because the Texans were obviously prepared for us to try to run the ball. And 
early on, we weren't really having a lot of success running the ball. Uh, you know, Gibson had a little more success than Robinson did, but overall we weren't really having success. And so credit to Scott Turner for making some adjustments, credit to Heineke and the rest of the offense for making adjustments and making plays. Uh, so that's all I got really on Washington. Um, unless you got anything else, I'm kind of ready to, you know, I mean, there, there's plenty of other NFL to talk about, man. So we got, I, I'd like to keep it moving. Yeah, so the only other thing I wanted to say is just about the Falcons game real quick. Like, don't sleep on them, Bamas. Oh, no. I know they missing pits. They also lost a defense alignment, too. But we struggle with – we I, still, we struggle with mobile quarterbacks, and that's what Mariota does. He's a scrambling quarterback. They, right. It's, it's Mariota, Patterson, Algiers, mm-hmm. Williams. I don't know if I said the one guy's name right. Al, Algieri, Algier, I don't know. Whatever. But, Al- but him, the, the cat that returns the kicks and the punts. Uh, yeah, Patterson. No, no, no. Well, yeah, Patterson does now, but the, it's it's another guy that, that sometimes does it. So Patterson stays a little fresher. Uh, it's like something Williams. Uh, oh, okay. So I, all three I, of those guys can can run and make some plays on top of Mariota as well. So, yeah, like I said, it's another trap game. And some of those Bamas was on the team last season um, that lost to the football team when um, Heineke and McKissick connected on that um, play. I'm thankful that the game is at home. Yeah, If it was in Atlanta, I would be a bit scared. But I'm thankful that the game is at home. Um, and speaking of thankful, Let's talk about some um, NFL. Um, where are you Thank trying you to start? Games. I'll start wherever. Well, uh, what's the first game on the docket? Is it uh, it's the Bills and Lions? Oh, the Bills and Lions? Yeah. Uh, what, what are we really expecting there? We we kind of need the Bills to win. <laughs> like, we really need them to win. That's, that's not asking much. Um. Should be taking care of business. We are two games ahead of the Lions. Um, but possible, even though they beat us. Bad. Exactly. They beat us. So if something were to happen where they actually caught us and we both had the same record, guess who has the tiebreaker? <laughs> so yeah, um, beating them would help us tremendously. So um definitely hoping the Bills can play. And unfortunately. They've been kind of shaky. Gotcha, yeah. Coming off a loss of um, Buffalo. I mean, not Buffalo. Coming off a loss of um, the Vikings two weeks ago. And did they lose last? No, they beat the breaks out of something like the uh, Browns. They beat the Browns last week. And the game had to be relocated to Detroit because of the snowstorm that just destroyed Western New York. I mean, <laughs> The family's almost got eight feet of snow, and I ain't even holding y'all. Eight feet. It was over seven, I believe. Like, just, that's 84 inches, y'all. Yeah. Pucks. Taller than uh, Josh Allen, their quarterback. Bruh, taller than me. <laughs> so, I mean, you can only imagine for a lot of the, like, Chubb and, you know, some of the other running backs, DBs, linebackers that are under that are not as tall as that. Like, oh, man. definitely. Yeah. But, so, yeah, um, relocated, relocated the game, but uh, I, I think I think the Bills will handle business against the Lions. Is Detroit, I hope so. I'm guessing. 
Yeah. So that's kind of weird. Right. <laughs> Back-to-back games in Detroit, but against two different teams, obviously. Um, yeah, but, well, I mean, I but guess the way they, they should be comfortable with the – Right, the field and everything, and, else. and that, and that—that's a horrible, horrible um, misadvantage for or disadvantage for um, Detroit because Buffalo was able to play on the field <laughs> a week prior or a few days prior, so they're more accustomed to it than they would have been had they not played the game. Um, that's that's tough. The second game would be Giants and Cowboys. And um, let me talk about how the Cowboys are. It's like Christmas came early for them. <laughs> I just was looking at a thing. I um, I don't even know what you'd call it now. The NBC Sports something page. It it's what used to be, um, the Roto World that oh, uh, the Edge. It, yeah, yeah, the edge thing. It's yeah. I think that's what it's called, but it used to be Roto World, which uh, Matthew Barry for ESPN created. And, you know, just little blurbs, updates. I use it for fantasy football, but you can check on, you know, basketball, baseball, whatever. Just gives you little updates. I saw the amount of players that have already been ruled out by the Giants, and it's like a ton of different linemen. Like, the Cowboys... Yeah, it it's it's oh, already man. over. Like, and I was one. I was just about to say, like that game could get ugly, and the fact that you just said the Lions had a lot of people on the injury. Report. No, 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 no. I mean the Giants. I'm sorry, the Giants had a Lions. lot of people on the injury report. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, that game could get. I mean, they beat the brakes off the Vikings on Sunday, forty to three. Just crashed. Hey, so here, here's here's the without the Giants will be without tackle Evan Neal, center mm. John Feliciano, guard Josh Enziudu. I don't know if I said that. Right. And then uh, guard Shane Lemieux for Week Twelve against the Cowboys. So I I'm assuming at least a few of those guys start if they're mentioning that they're going to be out. Man, three. But that's a offensive and two guards. That's bruh, that's your whole interior going and, up against. You know, look, I'm not disrespecting the Giants because they, they, as a whole, I'd say have probably been playing better football than Washington has. I mean, their schedule is a little different, but they were they were handling business, and they, for the most part, have been. Respect, I'm you know that's our rival. I'm not trying to, you know, but. I don't think their line was that great to begin with. Mm. But now you gonna let Debo Micah Parsons come up in there and just snatch everybody's chain. That game, man, Parsons might go for the NFL sack record. Hmm. Like all of the Giants after Uh, Micah Parsons snatches all their grandmama's chains, they're all gonna be in their cars crying. You stupid. Um, I'm telling you, like, life's just not fair sometimes. I mean, I get it. Cowboys had that season where Dak hurt himself. But now this is happening. Michael Irvin's going to be acting a fool. Yeah, they're looking right. strong. It'll be nice to um, knock them off in week 18. 
and there's talk that uh, Odell Beckham is going to potentially go there. I don't know what the other uh, team he's looking to go to, if it's going to be back with the Rams or what. Yeah, if, if I were him, him, if I were him, it, it would be a no-brainer to go to the Cowboys. Not only do they have a hot defense, but that's actually what they're missing. They need another wide receiver. Unfortunately, getting him would um, really make them – Serious contenders, unfortunately. But the NFC has other teams that um, can challenge the Cowboys, like the Philadelphia Eagles. I know they lost to Washington a few weeks ago, but um, they bounced back kind of against the Colts with a um, strong, well, not a strong, but they really finished the game. They they finished the game off versus the Colts strong. Um, the last play that Hurt scored on was just unbelievable. It's like not all wins time. are gonna be pretty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes, like if anything, the same in 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 the sense that we were talking about the Bears game. Like for the Eagles, that actually might be kind of on the low. Like some moral victory you know, get momentum back going type of thing because they were down most of that game. They were coming off the loss to us. You know what I mean? I kind of expected them to come out and smack Indy around, really. Um, but anyway, yeah, like to make that happen and, you know, kind of fight maybe against yourself as well as the other team, like that says a lot to me. So, you know, watch out. Maybe next game they end up playing a lot better. But uh yeah, so, man, I'm I'm just psyched that the East is like like the beast of the East, bro. We're we're back, and then in the AFC East is looking pretty tough too. Like I wouldn't have expected New England to be doing the way they're doing compared to the Dolphins, and then the Bills. Like I, I don't know, man. That's it's crazy. So let's go back to the Patriots because they are the third game of the uh, Thanksgiving triple header. Um. They're going to Minnesota, I believe. And that's that's going to be an interesting game. It's, it's hard to predict that game. Um, I don't know. Like, I think the Vikings bounce back, and they're at home. So, I think they bounce back and get the Patriots up out of there. But I wouldn't be surprised if they won because, I mean, it's Bill Belichick. And I know I knew the Vikings were suspect, man. Like I, I honestly, because we hung with them so much. Like we were up ten late, and I'm like, if we beat these Bamas by ten with this offense, <laughs> like what what is going on? So when the Cowboys hung forty on their head, I wasn't surprised. They Washington scored um twenty three. Or something like that, or seventeen, something like that. Um, no, it was twenty-two. I think it was like twenty. They won twenty-three, twenty-two. Um, like I don't know, but I'm a lean Vikings. I'm leaning Vikings, but I don't think they're that good. You don't think the Vikings are that good? No, I my only thing is that the Patriots just as solid as the teams they are and I'm always gonna you know kind of lean towards the hoodie I just don't see anybody that is gonna stop Jefferson 
I understand they might mm-hmm. double him or whatever, but they got that Hawkinson kid now that that offense. Oh yeah. Kinda, you know, you got the tight end, you got Dalvin Cook, you got uh Thielen and and uh but I'm just saying uh, they only scored AJ three Osborne. points against the Cowboys. And we, the week you. before that, they only scored like um 19 versus point. the Bills, and they scored 23 versus us. It's like, yeah, they got Jefferson, and I know they just like the offense should cook more. The I offense agree. should definitely cook more. And I ain't even saying this all on cousins. I don't know who was on. Like when we played them, I expected them to play much better. But after that first Jefferson catch, or after the um First Jefferson drive, we scored the touchdown. He ain't really do too much after the game. His biggest con- contribution was getting the pass interferences. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But I would kind of equally argue that, at least by what you're saying, they kind of are on sort of that, like, roller coaster mm-hmm. thing. So that would mean this game they're probably going to score some points. <laughs> I, I, It's not because I have Jefferson on two of my fantasy teams. I mean that that does not uh hurt or help. But yeah, I, I just I kind of think they're gonna score some points. Uh but uh hold me up though, is this game in Minnesota or is it in New England? I really I heard somebody I mean, say it's in Minnesota. Vikings are at home, so yeah. I would have to think that's gonna just make things all the more easier. Mm. Jefferson's not it's not in the cold weather. If you were to say it's in New England and, you know, it's cold and all that, then I might, okay, they might not put points. I think they're going to put up points. Doesn't mean necessarily Jefferson is going to go off, but I'm just saying in general, I think they're going to put up points. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Patriots defense, though, bro. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, hey, I, I have the Patriots defense in two of my fantasy leagues as well. Um, I don't always start them because I kind of, you know, but we're not here to talk about my fantasy team. Anywho, yeah, whatever, man. Like, <laughs> I don't. I should be doing a lot better. I'm mad at me that Lamar Jackson's starting to disappear. But uh, keeping it in the NFL, I just wanted to point something out. It is Thanksgiving time, and so you know, always want to be positive and everything. But you realize that the AFC West spent. Like a couple hundreds of millions, like I don't, I don't know about a billion, but let's just for funsies say almost a billion. <laughs> I mean, no, think about it. The Raiders got Devontae Adams, Chargers got JC Jackson and uh, um, Khalil Mack, Broncos went and got Russell Wilson. Like all these teams are making these major moves and loading up. What are they doing? They're trying to stop Pat Mahomes since he's arrived in the league. I don't think the Chargers have beat him. Like at home, like the Chargers fans have not seen a home win against Pat Mahomes. <laughs> and, and back to what I said, this past free agency period, all those moves were made. All of those teams are eliminated from the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. All three. So they spent all that money to not stop Pat Mahomes, and he lost Tyreek Hill. So, so uh, what you saying that the that, that all Pat three Mahomes is the MVP? Are you saying the other three AFC West teams aren't competing for playoff spots? I'm pretty sure they're eliminated. Nah, they um they're not all of them. The Chargers are five and five. They're only a game out 
behind the um, Bengals and Jets. What about their division then? Oh yeah, they definitely cooked in the division. The Chiefs are eight and two. Yeah, I still. I mean, bro, it's over. They're not. Nobody's catching them in the division. Khalil Max hurt. That J.C. Jackson was kind of hurt to start the year. I don't know if he's been playing or how he's been playing. Can't be that great since the Chargers are kind of, you know, they're, they're hurt everywhere in terms of like skill positions and whatever. Let's pull out my boys' schedule because, um, let's see who they got. They play play they play the Cardinals this weekend. I saw that they play the Raiders, um, the Dolphins. Oh, the Titans. No, the Colts, Rams, and Broncos. I mean, what's that? One, two, three, four, five. I mean, they might finish the year 10 and 7. I might can sneak in the playoffs in the 7th seed in the AFC. But uh, the teams that got to chase are the Jets and Bengals. And speaking of the Jets, we don't even, we never talk about them on the show. Like, never. But these mammoths are cooking. Um, they're six and four. They're out the playoff hunt right now. They literally fill um three spots. They were the fifth seed, but they're the eighth seed now after losing to the Patriots, who owns the tiebreaker over them. Um they bench Zach Wilson, bruh. They bench Zach Wilson and they are starting. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Mike White. Yep. Who the heck is Mike White? Uh, I believe he played for them maybe two years ago uh, and made some strides, had like a good maybe one to three games and then got hurt. Um, He started for him? At some point. Oh, my point. goodness. He, he played a lot for them last season. Wait, last season started four games. Yeah, started four games with them. Put up some numbers, didn't he? Yeah, it's not bad, especially in the win versus the um, AFC champions. What? Who is this dude from Western Kentucky? Yep. Drafted. He was. He played for the Cowboys. Uh, I don't Bruh. know about any of that. But uh, I mean, I guess you can tell how much I've been following the Jets because I had no idea. Mike White, what? Well, I think it's something that had to be done with Zach Wilson and and just, you know, trying to, you know, teach a young quarterback, you know, some things that, you know, come with the position but aren't necessarily X and O's, if you will, you know, trying to be a leader and trying to set the good example. And then I was watching – I believe it was ESPN and someone mentioned how, uh, you know, how like Sunday, one o'clock you got, you got the, what is it like five to maybe seven or eight games going at a time. And so I'm not going to say it, it, it happened at the exact same time, but the Jets lost to the Patriots. And I believe the, um, who was it? Not the Dolphins. Who'd the Bears play? The Bears lost. Last week. Yeah. Uh, who did they lose to? The Falcons. Not- it was the Falcons. Yeah. Okay, so the Bears lost, and it was it came down to like final play, and so the difference that someone was kind of pointing out, and especially since the Jets could have drafted Justin Fields, is that the post game, uh, you know, 
uh, presser, whatever you want to call it. Fields was telling his teammates, hey, that's on me. That's my bad. Whereas you have Zach Wilson kind of like, well, you know, kind of reminds me of um, I can't remember what the commercial was for, but the guy's name was Leon. They would interview him. They're like, well, tough loss today, Leon. He's like, well, I don't know what everybody's down about. I had a great game. And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, you know, tough loss. He's like, yeah, something. And he says, well, I'd have to place this loss squarely on the shoulders of my teammates. I can't do everything. And he's like, so you're, you're two fumbles, especially the one right there, in the final drive that, that didn't contribute. No, not if one of these fools fell on it. Like, Oh man, it, it, that's what it reminds me of. I can't remember what the commercial was promoting, but the character was Leon and it was a very me, 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 you know, type of guy. It was funny, but it's a commercial. Um, I'm not going to get into the Booger McFarlane comments of saying, you know, it's because he's rich and not held accountable. I'm not disagreeing, but I'm not agreeing either. Uh, I, I just think, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunately sometimes when you're the coach, you got to do more than just coach football. And I think he's a young man, a lot of money. And so uh, we I, all know about what was in the news. You just gotta, gotta rein him in. That's I can't, I can't comment on the actual segment because I just don't want to watch it. Like, I honestly just don't want to watch it. Um, I feel like if he was going to make a comment like that, he could have made it without bringing up his background because we do the same stuff when um, people bring up, like, when remember during the draft when it was like the dude, mom was on a crack or something like that? Yeah. Totally irrelevant to the situation that's going on. And like I I'm just saying, like, I understand where he's coming from. And he's probably right. But like I said, um, no need to do that in a freaking football um analysis show. Like, get out of here, keep that stuff with Maury and Sally or Well, to play devil's advocate, I, perhaps Booger's argument was the fact that if he grew up affluent and somebody else was always doing the dirty work, you know, it's sometimes you learn life lessons through doing chores and, and doing exactly. for yourself. And I think that's where he was coming from. I'm not, again, I'm as I said, I'm not necessarily agreeing with what he's saying. I think there are plenty of people like a Peyton Manning. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else who comes to mind right now. Like, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. <laughs> those guys grew up pretty wealthy. Their parents were athletes. Um, like, uh, Honestly, yeah. most quarterbacks, when you boil down to it. Yeah, there, there's plenty. So there's there's plenty to argue against what Booger McFarland is saying. But I, I digress because the point is the Jets are not starting Zach Wilson he uh, made some comments, just kind of very arrogant, uh, self-centered uh, even, uh, where it didn't seem like he was a team guy. So uh, that's where we're at. I'm not sure what other info has been put out there uh, as far as if this is a one-game benching or if this is a, you know, perhaps – uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but 
different circumstance, but Tennessee Marcus Mariota got hurt, and then Ryan Tannehill kind of took over and then became the starter. So I understand Zach Wilson's their guy. They drafted him two overall, and he can run, and he wears the headband and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but if this other guy comes in there and they play well, and, and that Jets team has been playing a lot tougher. They've got some upset wins this year. This other guy comes in. I'm just saying this could be one of those typical scenarios. Trent Green gets hurt. Kurt Warner comes in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I referenced the Mariota Tannehill thing. Brady Bledsoe. Who knows? I'm throwing it out there now just so I can say I said it if it happens. I don't think it's going to happen. Just saying, though. And and kudos to Coach uh, Salah. Salih. I don't want to say his Salah. name. Salah. Salah. Yeah. You know, kudos to him. Tip of the hat. He's got that team playing tough, and they're starting to kind of build the team. I think mm-hmm. before Brees Hall got hurt, that team was definitely balling that because that dude was a solid back. Oh, yeah, I forgot. They've got, some, good, uh, they've got some really good defensive players. they got some good wide receivers. It's all starting to come together for the Jets. Hey, you know, in a perfect world, I, as much as I've mentioned before, I'd like to see the Cincinnati's and the Buffaloes get their championships because they haven't had one before. But I'd like to see something where, like, every team is good. Does that make sense? Like, you know, you have the big city teams, like the the New York teams, the Chicago's, the Phillies, Washington with the big media markets, the L.A.'s. And then you got your, like, you know, your Midwest, your southern teams. You know, I, I'd like it if, if, if everywhere it was just always a good game. Then we'd have nothing, like, every game you watch would be a good game. Like, if every team was loaded, there were no injuries, you know, it's a lot to ask, but even for one season, that'd be pretty cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break and be right back and talk some World Cup. Ooh. And we'll highlight y'all in a few. It's Eddie and Mike. Be right back. Joske. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it is a very special time in sports where we have a lot going on, and the biggest thing going on is the World Cup. Uh, very controversial. It is in Qatar, Qatar. Not sure which is the proper way or which way you want to pronounce it. Uh, but regardless, it is probably one of the biggest sports matchups displays watched around the world and uh so far it has not disappointed we've had some major upsets uh such as saudi arabia beating argentina one of the teams favored to win the entire thing now we're just in group play by the way these these losses are not you're out you can you it's it's top two in each group i think in maybe a few cases it might be top three depending but uh Anyway, yeah, we've had some upsets, such as Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. Today, Japan came back from a 1-0 deficit to beat Germany, another heavy favorite. Um, you have some other top uh, uh, top teams, such as England and France, handling business in their first game, winning uh, 6-2 for England uh, against Iran. And then I believe France beat uh, Australia 4-1. Um it's definitely been it's been fun. I haven't gotten to see a lot of it because some of these games are starting at five in the morning. But um, 
it seems like things are kind of competitive and a little bit unpredictable. And uh, another cool thing that in some ways I like, I guess it depends who you're rooting for, but stoppage time has been insane. Uh, again, most of you probably know what that is, but for those of you who don't, um, between soccer, there's a lot of times the ball goes out of bounds. A guy maybe gets hurt, but not like serious hurt, but is on the ground for a while and play is stopped. Uh, all of that is sort of combined into a just an extra little, you know, here, here's four or five extra minutes of what's called stoppage time. It's added up a uh, time of, again, missed time during the game. Uh, realize that might not make sense. So anyway, almost every game I've seen just about, they've gotten anywhere from like five to like seven to like nine minutes of stoppage time. So like in some of those matchups that end in a tie or, you know, like I said, in this case, uh, Germany playing Japan, the, the end of that game, Germany had tons of chances. And it's just kind of exciting to see teams continue to just chirp and uh, uh, chop away and just peck away, you know. So I, I like it. I like it so far. And it's it's different because World Cup's usually in the summer. So I've talked a whole bunch, Mike. I know you've got some stuff to say. You might not know players and teams, but I know you got stuff to say. Um, yeah, I I couldn't name a player or like even the person that scored scored the goal for USA. I just saw their name and I still can't what? like huh, we ate. Way. Oh, just way. Yeah. I I think I probably would have said that, but nevertheless, um, I saw that we were winning one nothing. And I was about to turn to it, but I was like, nah, because if something happened, I'm gonna be like, oh I'm the jinx and I'm gonna be all messed up and be like, I should have never turned to it. <laughs> we probably would have won if I uh, never turned to it. Um, so yeah, because I just it just seemed like something bad was about to happen, and I didn't see a tweet or nothing. I just was like, let me not turn to this game. So to see that they got a penalty to tie the game and it ended in a draw, and everybody was like, Oh, that's happy for USA or whatever. Bruh, this is the World Cup. Yeah. We can't be celebrating those damn draws. Well, Wales. Wales is a solid team, and from what I understand, um, so I was at work. I didn't see uh, most of the game because uh, I had to pick up uh, both my daughters uh, from school and daycare separately. Yeah, I was working, too. That's probably why I wasn't so watching. I only saw a little bit. Uh, my understanding was we played phenomenal first half, second half, not so much. Uh, you know, costly penalty. They tie it up. Uh but the little bit that I saw, I really liked the um, the continuity we played with. The ball was moving very well. I didn't see, you know, sometimes in, in, in towards the end of games, you get guys and, it, you know, soccer and basketball are not the same thing, but there's a certain fluidness that you can make comparisons. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes at the end of these games, um, you're you're getting a little desperate. It's the equivalent of like, a Steph Curry three from somebody who should not be taking it that deep. Um, now in soccer, there's plenty of guys that can score from that deep. Cause you know, it's not the same game, but anyway, seeing people take desperation shots, you didn't really see any of that. I, I, I'm sorry. It took so long to arrive at that point, 
that's just kind of what I was saying. You didn't see guys blasting it from deep, trying to make a goal because, again, we were desperate. I thought we were trying to uh, get the right guys the ball, trying to, to, you know, set up for crosses in the box and other opportunities where we could score. Um, just to come full circle, uh, again, I know you don't know a lot, Mike, but I'm sure you'll at least think this is pretty cool. So the guy, Timothy Way, who scored the goal, his dad is like a soccer legend, George Way. Uh, I believe his dad played for Ghana, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he is the president of Liberia right now. And so uh, in soccer, there's a, uh, I believe it's a French award called the Ballon d'Or, which is like sort of like a, like a Heisman of sorts, but for like professionals. And uh, this guy's dad, um, yeah, he he won it uh, back in the day. So, and he's got all kinds of other nominations. So his son uh, has American citizenship. Just kind of cool that he scored the goal. Uh, I liked what I saw. And again, it, it was cool seeing us attack and attack and attack with all this extra stoppage time. So. Okay. Um, kind of thoughts on the USA game, but you got like just on the surface, any, any particular country you think you're going to choose to root for? I mean, I'm not necessarily rooting for them. I just heard that, um, France, they brought back most of their, um, world cup winning team from what? 2018, I believe. Yeah. They, they Um, won in uh, 2018, uh, beating Croatia. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and they've got a lot of good young, um, uh, uh, good young players. So uh, they certainly it, it wouldn't be a surprise if they won it again. It's just very very difficult for that to happen. Yeah, stretch. And in this circumstance, you know, a lot of these guys, they're in their season. It would be the equivalent of like the NBA just shutting down for like a month or two, so that everybody could play. Olympic Bruh. or FIBA or um, whatever it's called, uh, basketball. NHL, they never sat down, I think, during the Olympics, the Winter Olympics. Do they take breaks during the Winter Olympics? Yeah. I don't think so, man. I think they're in, in a lot of cases, there's guys that, you know, because of their age or whatever else, they don't play. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't like I said I don't really have a team other than us. Like I just want America to win because it's my team, it's my country. Like I'm not rooting for no other country to win. Um, shout out to Mexico though. Um, that's always a you know. I know we have a rivalry with them, but I personally don't have any beef with the Mexicans and soccer. Um, but yeah. yeah, France beat the brakes off Australia four to one. And Australia had the they were they scored the first goal. Oh yeah, nothing. so but, enough in the ninth it's minute. Been something that always interests me. Um, and it you know it, it's a, a a telling uh uh sign. And I I don't you know I don't mean to like make this political, but you know we brought up France, Mike. If if I was to show you the French national team on TV. I don't think you'd believe me that that's the French national team. And I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. 
I think I do, especially knowing who their most popular player is. Um, let me yeah. see. So, if you if if okay, here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. I will name you some of the best players. So don't look them up. I mean, you you can look them up if you want, just to see what they look like. Okay, okay. But I'm gonna give you just off of their names, and you tell me if any of them sound French. Okay. All right. uh, first one might actually sound a little bit French. Uh, Paul Pogba, P O G B A, last name. Um, the one that you're talking about is Kylian Mbappe. Mbappe. Yeah. Nah. It's French. That last name sounds French, doesn't it? Uh, okay. And then so let's go with uh, <laughs> how about Ngolo Kanate? Nah. How about Osama Dembele? You said Osama? Uh Osamain. Excuse oh. me. I said it wrong. Um no, no, no. Lies Matweedy. No. Like I'm expecting names like Lefleur and Um Pierre and so Anyway, where I'm going with this is there are a lot of uh, um, countries that have been colonized by France. Whether we're talking about like Guinea, Haiti, you know, certain areas like that. So if you looked at a good majority of the French starting lineup, they're all black. They're African. Now, I'm not saying they didn't grow up in France and they don't speak French. Maybe they don't, you know, have French ties one way or another. But, man, it's just a lot different. Like, you know, when I was younger and I, I was actually heavy into soccer, I, I played travel, I played indoor. I'm not saying I was, like, really good. I just – I liked it. I played – anyway. <laughs> France had guys like Zinedad Zidane, oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, guys – Frank Ribery. Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry, Marsal Desai. All of these guys, you know, Desai was was a very dark skinned man, but his name was Marcel. That was his <laughs> first name, Desai. Like the at least that's French sounding. Do you know what I mean? These guys, it's it's almost literally like they went and scooped them out of these various uh, uh, countries and continents. Uh, you know, be it some form of Caribbean uh, island or or African, scooped them up and then like slapped a French tag on them. I don't know, man, because there's always this joke that, you know, Ronaldo was going to uh, somehow get citizenship in Spain um, since he played there. Because mm -hmm. at the time, Portugal was not as good. Now they're they're actually somewhat of a threat, too. And uh, he actually him and man, you just parted ways. It's kind of weird. Doesn't usually happen like that in soccer. Football, excuse me. Yeah, looking at the team, I see exactly what you mean. <laughs> but um, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Like, so in in front, the middle guy is Mbappe. To the right, mm -hmm. the guy feared is Kareem Benzema. Kareem Benzema is um, he's like uh, I'm trying to think of the two. He's from uh, Algeria. Oh. You know what I mean? Then this guy over here to the left with the very thick eyebrows and the ponytail, 
That's Antoine Griezmann. In He's the middle the row? Uh, the front row. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. The guy to the left of Mbappe. That's Griezmann. Yeah. And you got guys like Olivier Giroud. Like, oh, those are French-sounding guys. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the team, man, I mean, you can see. There's, there's a lot of guys like, oh, all you guys are French, huh? But who knows? Um, I, I just – I love this time of year because you get some of these younger studs like an Mbappe who are going to – um you know, hopefully like show out on the big stage. Uh, you got, you know, countries like Netherlands and Croatia that are not as heralded, but always solid, always tough to play. So it's exciting. And then what's even crazier is you got, you got teams like Italy. They ain't even make it. It's a little different. Oh yeah. You see like a powerhouse like Italy, not even in it. What will be wild is if, um, Brazil like miss the World Cup. Like that'll be wild. And I'm hoping um I they the hope that they make it. Yeah, they in group G. They in group yeah, G. I say I they made it. They ain't uh, play yet. No, that they, they're only doing I think like three to four games a day. Uh, right now we got Belgium and Canada playing each other. Uh Canada had a PK. Oh, shout out to Canada. Yeah. Canada had a penalty kick off of a handball. Um, it went to VAR, which, uh, for those who don't know, is the equivalent of like a red flag, like a challenge flag. The difference is um, the coaches and the players and the teams have no control over it. There's like a group of people watching, and if some <laughs> kind of penalty occurs, they'll sort of buzz down to the referee, and then he'll sort of make like a symbol, like making a square, like meaning that he or she – is gonna go and uh check the um check the video replay and they call it VAR video assistance replay, I assume. Yep. And then what'll happen is if like if it is a penalty, they'll make that symbol and they'll come out and they'll like they'll point to like the penalty kick if it's a penalty, he'll point to the person and give them a card or whatever if there's something they miss. Um, but they don't do it a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 there's no other. <laughs> symbols necessarily no. if there's I mean, a penalty the ref will point and then like at that spot is where the ball should be put back into play you're given a card based on like you know certain plays of aggression that are too much no i was saying that dude this is exciting man this, this is and like i said these refs seem to be kind of like wanting to keep the action going as much as possible i love it um but, so yeah, soccer is like a great game to watch. And if you call it football, then hey, that's what's up too. Oh, um, somebody was like, um, call instead of call it football, football, like American football, football, they should call it egg handball or something like that. And I was like, oh yeah. Um, it is well, wild. There's a guy in one of my fantasy leagues, and his team his team name is like Washington Hand Eggs or something like that. <laughs> so it's just funny you you said that, and I was like, I've never really heard that before. Um, I know, I think in certain Latin countries, and I don't know if this is a continued phrase, but they would say football americana, like saying, oh like, yeah, style. So um, I'm not certain. Don't don't quote me on that phrase. I have some um, folks from the Cayman Islands down there. They call it the crash ball. Huh, that's that kind of makes sense. I mean, there's definitely a yeah. lot of. Crash. Uh, 
I okay. like that. Love me some crash ball, man. But um, yeah, you got anything else to say about the World Cup? Like I, I love the knockout stage. Like that's when it's just like at any other tournament. Like that's when it gets real. When it's when will you out? And Whoa. I hope. I hope um, America can make it there, but that draw, bro. Yeah, the draw is going to hurt us. Um, you know, England and Iran are the other teams mm-hmm. uh, in our in our group. Um, you got to figure England would be a really tough matchup. Uh, they took they took care of business against Iran. Hopefully, we can do the same when we play them. But uh, we play England next. We we play them Friday, I think, at two p.m. Uh, so. You never know. Uh, there's a little bit of optimism, certainly not celebrating this, but Harry Kane, one of the better players for England, their striker, he uh, suffered an ankle injury late in their victory over Iran. So if he's not able to go, that certainly would be a positive for us. Again, I'm not celebrating someone being hurt, just simply saying from a strategy standpoint, that would be better in our favor. Um, but as much as I agree with you about the knockout stage, the cool thing about the group stage is there, you know, there's some of these countries that them getting to play on this stage is the big deal. Like, I, I don't mean to disrespect them and say, you know, like they're just there to get beat, but in some cases that happens, but then you also have the upsets. Like I talked about Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. I, look, I'm not really much of a gambler at all, you know, but I can't imagine what the odds were, but you, you put the right amount of money. You might've made some good coin on that one. No, I don't think, anybody and i mean anybody outside of people who specifically make those bets because that's what they do i don't think anybody would have made that bet i promise you and and from my understanding argentina had a bunch of goals called back for offsides and other types mm, of mm, mm. but, but yeah the group, the group play mike it's it, i'm telling you bro it's exciting because what ends up happening is so let's say like in, in our instance Perfect example. We tied Wales. So now we play England. We really need to try to keep it to a tie or hope that we can win. Mm-hmm. Right? And then what do you think is going to happen? When we play Iran. It's, it's almost going to be, Hey, we have to win. And then, and we're not the only one that's going to be in that situation. There are going to be other teams in groups where you have maybe two to three teams, maybe four teams all kind of tied up because they all beat up on each other. So now these games become more and more meaningful. Now, I understand there's going to be a couple of times where someone's going to get out to a two-game lead in the final game. They'll kind of put the bench guys in. I get that. Bruh. The most part, it's set up so that there's this competitive, you know, consistency and excitement. Yeah. It was 13 minutes of stoppage time in England versus Iran. A lot of penalties. I didn't see that match, but. Six to two was 13 minutes. So what ends up happening sometimes, Mike, and I understand some of it, it, you know, it's sort of the, the disconnect between uh, uh, Americans and, you know, this sport, but sometimes these guys are, are trying to, you know, coerce the ref into giving a card by acting. But there's sometimes like these fools get hurt and they got to be, you know, carried off or it takes a while to get back up. And like I said, that time is added up. So I guess there was just a lot of it in that game. But that's not even the worst. Uh, You know, I mentioned 6-2. 
Spain beat Costa Rica today seven to nothing. Dang. Um, yeah. Whooped them. Um which it's, game which game you say you watching? Uh Belgium, oh, never mind. Never mind. I thought you um it's the only game. game. Belgium and Canada, it's on Fox. Zero zero thirty about to be thirty-fifth minute. Um Morocco and Croatia, Croatia um, had a draw, a 0-0 draw. No, no, that was the 5 a.m. game. I kind of wanted to watch it because Croatia has a, um, a couple of uh, players um, that I enjoy watching, Luka Modric obviously being one of them. But a uh, cool thing uh, just about one of their players, I kid you not, uh, I don't know if he made the roster, but there is a Croatian player named Brozovic. Brozovic. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that's like one of the coolest names ever. But uh, definitely fire. Um, all right, y'all. We want to take another quick, quick break and end the show talking about some wizards. The Zog. who are really hot right now. Okay. Uh, we'll see y'all in a few minutes. This is Eddie and Mike. a few seconds. I'm sorry. Welcome back to Eddie and Mike, y'all. Um, I don't think I'm hard on Bradley Bill. I I just I'm just I just feel like he is what he is, man. Like that's why I didn't want to extend him to the max because he just I don't think he's that player. I don't think he's him. Like, he has a, a few explosive offensive games, but, like, I think his intangibles, or no, not even his intangibles, it's just his intensity. It's just too low, especially on a defensive end. And, like, even on offense, sometimes he gets in these lulls. And I'm like, bruh, come on, we need you. <laughs> like, if you can play to your true potential, every single night because I remember when he first came into the league just like Harden he was a good defender too like what be happening to these guards you know but having said all that um the Wizards are 10 and 7 three games over 500 um they have won their last two games and they are um they won their last six out of their last seven so um, yeah, they're they're hot right now. I like the roster. I always like the roster with Porzingis and Bill and Kuzma and Apia and um Rui and Will Barton now they got right. Like I like this well who's right is injured right now. But um I do like the squad, but it's just I gotta see more. Like it's I have to see more. Well, if you remember correctly, I believe it was about this time last year that we had the same thing kind of going on. You know what I mean? The team was playing well. We were liking what we were seeing. And then they proceeded to just start tanking bad. I'm tripping, bro. Or or pro basketball reference is tripping. We played a heat on the road back to back. We play them again? 
Wednesday and Friday? No, I mean, we play them this week. We played, we beat them last week, too. I mean, they beat us in overtime last yeah. week. Yeah, we, I, I'm looking at the ESPN app, the matchups. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, so we, uh, we started off kind of good last year. We were liking what we were seeing. 10 and 3. Yeah. And now here we are again. So I agree with you. Definitely got to see more. Uh, Kuzma is definitely balling. He's hot right now, just like Hansel. Um, not sure what weird outfit he's going to wear to the stadium. <laughs> trying to get that bobblehead, though. They're making a bobblehead from the pink sweater. Any of you listeners want to get it for me? Thank you in advance. Anywho, uh, it's interesting for the simple fact that they're certainly not bad with Beal, but they won a lot of these games without him, Mike. They beat like three of the best teams in the West uh, with in regards to Grizzlies, Mavericks, and uh, I don't know, I'm drawing a blank right now. But they they beat you know some good teams here, and then of course that that one point loss to the Thunder kind of hurt. But yeah, I mean that's that's Jazz. Good. beat the Jazz. Yeah. Maybe take that back. Three of the best, I, I say the Mavericks and the Grizzlies for sure. But Heat and Hornets. Oh, the Jazz not good no more. What the Jazz aren't good anymore? I thought they um started off hot. Oh, are they? Well, I mean, they no yeah, Rudy T. No, they um, twelve and seven. They lead in their division. Oh wow! Yeah. Got rid of Donovan and got rid of what's his name in there. <laughs> and the Timberwolves are nine and eight, oh, and hey. they gave up a lot for um, like it was the dumbest <laughs> that that trade was dumb, you know. It happens like that. Remember when the Celtics fleeced the Nets for all those picks? It's got them kind of set up to where they are now. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking the the roster as a whole. We definitely got size and versatility. Even got a Taj Gibson sighting every now and again. I did not know he was still in the league. Obviously, I need to watch more Wizards. Uh, one of my concerns is Porzingis. I like what we're getting out of him, but I just I, – I only want his role to extend if it is in terms of just total minutes played. I don't want him starting. He, he needs to come off the bench. As far as Beal, I agree. I didn't want to give him the max, but you couldn't not give him the max. I want him staying around. I, I don't want to trade him, even though I do think we definitely could get a haul. But I just kind of like what we've got right now where we've other guys are stepping up and kind of getting a feel of how to, you know, get buckets if we can't get them from Beal. Uh, so, but it, it was good to see that, we got you know some good uh, some good play with him in there and got and got some wins as well as uh, you know getting a win or two without him. I think that's that's what was kind of cool. So you know hopefully the consistency stays uh, consistent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all I got on the Zards. Yeah, um, oh, good one. More minutes, definitely. He deserves it. I'll say that. He plays quality when he when he gets to play. So give that guy uh, more. Tell me your dog is needy without telling me your dog is needy. My goodness. Um but yeah, I I'm 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 excited. And I know that we're just uh a perfect bill away from actually being legit. But he has to 
evolve this game and every like the whole team has to evolve their game coaches as well and definitely the bruh whoever's the scout for the wizards like college scout for the wizards whoever that person is fire them young because it seemed like the only two first round draft picks that even did anything are Rui and Optia and both of those were like kind of like can't miss picks so to speak so I don't know bro like the Johnny Davis from Wisconsin do you know he got um, assigned to the G League I'm like bro like these battles are trash at drafting players just absolute trash but we'll talk about the Wizards more as the season progress. Um, we'll recap the Falcons game or whatever other game we may have missed in between episodes. If we miss an episode, um, you never know. But, um, yeah, we're going to holler at y'all banners soon. Thanks for hanging with us. Peace out. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. Boom! <laughs>